Thanks for tuning in to the Maritime History Podcast once again, everyone. Brandon Hubner here, bringing you this supplemental episode, which will cover the text of the Periplus of the Erythrian Sea. First off, uh, my apologies for what's turned out to be an unintentional month-long hiatus. Initially, I was swamped with schoolwork, and then a sinus infection saw fit to take up residence in my head. I'm finally back to normal, though, and I have a voice that won't scare you away. Well, I hope it won't, at least. Thanks for your patience and for the well wishes. Just a quick reminder for anyone who may have missed episode 11. The Periplus is an anonymous work written by a Greek-Egyptian sometime in the 1st century BCE. The work is a 68-chapter description of the coastlines around the Indian Ocean, with descriptions of the major port cities, the goods that could be had at each port, and a whole lot of other things. It's directly connected to Roman trade in the Indian Ocean and the Arabian Sea, but it really does give us a good idea of the region as a whole, so it makes sense to introduce it early in our history on the podcast here. Without much further ado, I'll jump right into the text. It's rather lengthy, though, so you may have seen a much longer duration for the episode than normal. If that scares you a little bit, there's a basic summary of the Periplus back in episode 11, but if you're interested in listening to the whole episode today, there's a lot more meat in it. That being said, there's so much meat that I couldn't feasibly add the necessary explanations and discussion of most of the items. The names of cities, towns, regions, and other such things may not be familiar to you, but I'll post a few maps on the website that should help clarify the places that are being discussed. So if you want to follow along or go back and look at a map after the episode's over, it'll be at MaritimeHistoryPodcast.com. I'll also include a link to an archive.org copy of the Paraplus itself, which includes a hefty item-by-item examination of the places and terminology used throughout. So if you really want to get an in-depth discussion of the Periplus, that'll be your best bet. Beyond that, I've done my best on the pronunciations, but as I'm sure you will see, there are quite a few strange words. Apologies if I've ended up doing grave injustice to anything in the Periplus, and I hope it won't detract from the interesting text itself. Thanks once again for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Of the designated ports on the Erythrian Sea, and the market towns around it, the first is the Egyptian port of Musul Harbor. To those sailing down from that place, on the right hand, after 1800 stadia, there is Berenike. The harbors of both are at the boundary of Egypt, and are bays opening from the Erythrian Sea. On the right-hand coast, next below Berenike, is the country of the Berbers, or Barbaroi, which is foreigners, a Greek word that traditionally designates any non-Greek-speaking people. Along the shore are the fish-eaters, living in scattered caves in the narrow valleys. Further inland are the Berbers, and beyond them the wild flesh-eaters and calf-eaters, each tribe governed by its chief. And behind them, further inland, in the country toward the west, there lies a city called Meroe. 
Below the calf eaters, there is a little market town on the shore, after sailing about 4,000 stadia from Berenike, called Ptolemais of the Huns, from which the hunters started for the interior under the dynasty of the Ptolemies. This market town has the true land tortoise in small quantity. It is white and smaller in the shells, and here also is found a little ivory, like that of Agilus, but the place has no harbor and is reached only by small boats. Below Ptolemais of the Hunts, at a distance of about 3,000 stadia, there is Agilus, a port established by law, lying at the inner end of a bay that runs in toward the south. Before the harbor lies the so-called Mountain Island, about 200 stadia seaward from the very head of the bay, with the shores of the mainland close to it on both sides. Ships bound for this port now anchor here because of attacks from the land. They used formerly to anchor at the very head of the bay, by an island called Diodorus, close to the shore, which could be reached on foot from the land, by which means the barbarous natives attacked the island. Opposite Mountain Island, on the mainland, twenty stadia from shore, lies Agilus, a fair-sized village, from which there is a three days' journey to Koloe, an island town and the first market for ivory. From that place to the city of the people called Auximites, there is a five days' journey more. To that place, all the ivory is brought from the country beyond the Nile through the district called Sienium, and thus to Agilus. Practically the whole number of elephants and rhinoceros that are killed live in the places inland, although at rare intervals they are hunted on the sea coast, even near Agilus. Before the harbor of that market town, out at sea on the right hand, there lie a great many little sandy islands called Alalei, yielding tortoise shell, which is brought to market there by the fish eaters. And about 800 stadia beyond, there is another very deep bay, with a great mound of sand piled up at the right of the entrance, at the bottom of which the Opsian stone is found, and this is the only place where it is produced. These places, from the calf eaters to the other Berber country, are governed by Zoscales, who is miserly in his ways and always striving for more, but otherwise upright and acquainted or well-versed with Greek literature. There are imported into these places undressed cloth made in Egypt for the Berbers, robes from Arsinoe, cloaks of poor quality dyed in colors, double-fringed linen mantles, many articles of flint glass and others of myrhine, made in Diospolis, and brass, which is used for ornament and in cut pieces instead of coin, sheets of soft copper used for cooking utensils and cut up for bracelets and anklets for the women, iron, which is made into spears, used against the elephants and other wild beasts and in their wars. Besides these, small axes are imported, and adzes and swords, copper drinking cups, round and large, a little coin for those coming to the market, wine of Laodicea and Italy, not much, olive oil, not much, for the king, gold and silver plate made after the fashion of the country, and for clothing, military cloaks, and thin coats of skin of no great value. 
Likewise, from the district of Ariaka across the sea, there are imported Indian iron and steel and Indian cotton cloth, the broadcloth called the monash, and that called sagamatagini and girdles, and coats of skin and mallow-colored cloth, and a few muslins and colored lac. There are exported from these places ivory and tortoise shell and rhinoceros horn. The most from Egypt is brought to this market from the month of January to September, that is, from Tybee to Thoth, but seasonably they put to sea about the month of September. From this place, the Arabian Gulf trends toward the east and becomes narrowest just before the Gulf of Avalites. After about 4,000 stadia, for those sailing eastward along the same coast, there are other Berber market towns, known as the Far Side Ports, lying at intervals one after another, without harbors but having roadsteads where ships can anchor and lie in good weather. The first is called Avalites. To this place, the voyage from Arabia to the Far Side Coast is the shortest. Here there is a small market town called Avalites, which must be reached by boats and rafts. There are imported into this place flint glass, assorted, juice of sour grapes from Diospolis, dressed cloth, assorted, made for the Berbers, wheat, wine, and a little tin. There are exported from the same place, and sometimes by the Berbers themselves crossing on rafts to Oculus and Musa on the opposite shore, spices, a little ivory, tortoiseshell, and a very little myrrh, but better than the rest, and the Berbers who live in the place are very unruly. After Avalites, there is another market town, better than this, called Malao, distant a sail of about 800 stadia. The anchorage is an open roadstead, sheltered by a spit running out from the east. Here the natives are more peaceable. There are imported into this place the things already mentioned, and many tunics, cloaks from Arsinoe, dressed and dyed, drinking cups, sheets of soft copper in small quantity, iron and gold and silver coin, not much. There are exported from these places myrrh, a little frankincense, that known as Farside, the harder cinnamon, duaka, Indian copal, and makir, which is imported into Arabia, and slaves, but rarely. Two days sail, or three, beyond Malao is the market town of Mundus, where the ships lie at anchor more safely behind a projecting island close to the shore. There are imported into this place the things previously set forth, and from it likewise are exported the merchandise already stated, and the incense called makrotu. And the traders living here are more quarrelsome. The Greek word translates somewhere along the lines of meaning tough, as in shrewd traders. Beyond Mundus, sailing toward the east, after another two days' sail, or three, you reach Mosulum, on a beach with a bad anchorage. There are imported here the same things already mentioned. Also silver plate, a very little iron, and glass. There are shipped from the place a great quantity of cinnamon, so that this market town requires ships of larger size, and fragrant gums, spices, a little tortoise shell, and makrotu, poorer than that of Mundus, 
frankincense from the far side, ivory and myrrh in small quantities. Sailing along the coast beyond Mosulum, after a two days course, you come to the so-called Little Nile River, and a fine spring, and a small laurel grove, and Cape Elephant. Then the shore recedes into a bay and has a river called Elephant, and a large laurel grove called the Akena, where alone is produced the far side frankincense, in great quantity and of the best grade. Beyond this place, the coast trending toward the south, there is the market and cape of spices, an abrupt promontory at the very end of the Berber coast toward the east. The anchorage is dangerous at times from the groundswell, because the place is exposed to the north. A sign of an approaching storm which is peculiar to the place is that the deep water becomes more turbid and changes its color. When this happens, they all run to a large promontory called Taba, which offers safe shelter. There are imported into this market town the things already mentioned, and there are produced in it cinnamon and its different varieties, gizir, asifa, erebo, magla, and moto, and frankincense. Beyond Taba, after 400 stadia, there is the village of Peno, and then after sailing 400 stadia along a promontory, toward which place the current also draws you, there is another market town called Oponi, into which the same things are imported as those already mentioned, and in it the greatest quantity of cinnamon is produced, and slaves of the better sort which are brought to Egypt in increasing numbers, and a great quantity of tortoise shell, better than that found elsewhere. The voyage to all these far-side market towns is made from Egypt about the month of July, that is, Epiphy, and ships are customarily fitted out from the places across the sea, from Ariaka and Berigaza, bringing to these far-side market towns the products of their own places, wheat, rice, clarified butter, sesame oil, cotton cloth, the monash and the sagmatagini, and girdles and honey from the reed called saccharai. Some make the voyage especially to these market towns, and others exchange their cargoes while sailing along the coast. This country is not subject to a king, but each market town is ruled by its separate chief. Beyond Apony, the shore trending more toward the south, first there are the small and great bluffs of Azania. The coast is destitute of harbors, but there are places where ships can lie at anchor, the shore being abrupt. And this course is of six days, the direction being southwest. Then come the small and great beach for another six days course, and after that in order, the courses of Azania, the first being called Serapion, and the next Nikon, and after that several rivers and other anchorages, one after the other, Separately a rest and a run for each day, seven in all, until the Pyrali Islands and what is called the Channel, beyond which, a little to the south of southwest, after two courses of a day and night along the Alciantic coast, is the island of Manutheus, about 300 stadia from the mainland, low and wooded, in which there are rivers and many kinds of birds and the mountain tortoise. There are no wild beasts except the crocodiles. 
but there they do not attack men. In this place there are sewed boats and canoes hollowed from single logs, which they use for fishing and catching tortoise. In this island they also catch them in a peculiar way, in wicker baskets, which they fasten across the channel opening between the breakers. Two days sail beyond, there lies the very last market town of the continent of Asanya, which is called Rapta, which has its name from the sewed boats already mentioned, in which there is ivory in great quantity and tortoise shell. Along this coast live men of piratical habits, very great in stature and under separate chiefs for each place. The Mafaritic chief governs it under some ancient right that subjects it to the sovereignty of the state that has become first in Arabia. And the men of Musa now hold it under his authority, and send thither many large ships, using Arab captains and agents, who are familiar with the natives and intermarry with them, and who know the whole coast and understand the language. There are imported into these markets the lances made at Musa, especially for this trade, and hatchets and daggers and owls, of various kinds of glass, and at some places a little wine and wheat, not for trade, but to serve for getting the goodwill of the savages. There are exported from these places a great quantity of ivory, but inferior to that of agilis, and rhinoceros horn and tortoise shell which is in best demand after that from India, and a little palm oil. And these markets of Azania are the very last of the continent that stretches down on the right hand from Berenike. For beyond these places the unexplored ocean curves around toward the west, and running along by the regions to the south of Ethiopia and Libya and Africa, it mingles with the western sea. Now to the left of Berenike, sailing for two or three days from Musul Harbor eastward across the adjacent gulf, there is another harbor and fortified place, which is called White Village, from which there is a road to Petra, which is subject to Malachus, king of the Nabatans. It holds the position of a market town for the small vessels sent there from Arabia, and so a centurion is stationed there as a collector of one-fourth of the merchandise imported, with an armed force as a garrison. Directly below this place is the adjoining country of Arabia, in its length bordering a great distance on the Erythrean Sea. Different tribes inhabit the country, differing in their speech, some partially and some altogether. The land next the sea is similarly dotted here and there with caves of the fish-eaters, but the country inland is peopled by rascally men speaking two languages, who live in villages and nomadic camps, by whom those sailing off the middle course are plundered, and those surviving shipwrecks are taken for slaves. And so they too are continually taken prisoners by the chiefs and kings of Arabia, and they are called Carnites. Navigation is dangerous along this whole coast of Arabia, which is without harbors, with bad anchorages, foul, inaccessible because of breakers and rocks, and terrible in every way. Therefore, we hold our course down the middle of the gulf, and pass on as fast as possible by the country of Arabia until we come to the burnt island. 
directly below which there are regions of peaceful people, nomadic, pasturers of cattle, sheep, and camels. Beyond these places, in a bay at the foot of the left side of this gulf, there is a place by the shore called Musa, a market town established by law, distant altogether from Berenike for those sailing southward, about 12,000 stadia. And the whole place is crowded with Arab shipowners and seafaring men, and is busy with the affairs of commerce, for they carry on a trade with the far side coast and with Barigaza, sending their own ships there. Three days inland from this port, there is a city called Sawa, in the middle of the region called Maphorites, and there is a vassal chief named Kolebus who lives in that city. And after nine days more, there is Safar, the metropolis, in which lives Kerabal, lawful king of two tribes, the Homerites and those living next to them called the Sabites. Through continual embassies and gifts, he is friend of the emperors. The market town of Musa is without a harbor, but has a good roadstead and anchorage because of the sandy bottom thereabouts, where the anchors hold safely. The merchandise imported there consists of purple cloths, both fine and coarse, clothing in the Arabian style with sleeves, plain, ordinary, embroidered, or interwoven with gold, saffron, sweet rush, muslins, cloaks, blankets, some plain and others made in the local fashion, sashes of different colors, fragrant ointments in moderate quantity, wine and wheat, not much. For the country produces grain in moderate amount, and a great deal of wine. And to the king and the chief are given horses and sumpter mules, vessels of gold and polished silver, finely woven clothing and copper vessels. There are exported from the same place the things produced in the country, selected myrrh and the Gebonite Menaean stacti, alabaster and all the things already mentioned from Avalites, and the far side coast. The voyage to this place is made best about the month of September, that is, Thoth, but there is nothing to prevent it even earlier. After sailing beyond this place about 300 stadia, the coast of Arabia and the Berber country about the Avalitic Gulf, now coming close together, there is a channel, not long in extent, which forces the sea together and shuts it into a narrow strait the passage through which, sixty stadia in length, the island Diodorus divides. Therefore, the course through it is beset with rushing currents and with strong winds blowing down from the adjacent ridge of the mountains. Directly on this strait, by the shore, there is a village of Arabs, subject to the same chief, called Oculus, which is not much a market town as it is an anchorage and watering place, and the first landing for those sailing into the gulf. Beyond Oculus, the sea widening again toward the east and soon giving a view of the open ocean, after about 1,200 stadia, there is Udaman Arabia, a village by the shore, also of the kingdom of Carabel, and having convenient anchorages and watering places, sweeter and better than those in Oculus. It lies at the entrance of a bay, and the land recedes from it, it was called Udaman, prosperous, 
because in the early days of the city, when the voyage was not yet made from India to Egypt, and when they did not dare to sail from Egypt to the ports across this ocean, but all came together at this place, it received the cargoes from both countries, just as Alexandria now received the things brought forth from abroad and from Egypt. But not long before our own time, Carabel destroyed the place. After Udaman, Arabia, there is a continuous length of coast, and a bay extending 2,000 stadia or more, along which there are nomads and fish-eaters living in villages. Just beyond the cape projecting from this bay, there is another market town by the shore, Cana, or Cane, of the kingdom of Eleazus, the frankincense country. And facing it, there are two desert islands, one called Island of Birds, the other Dome Island, 120 stadia from Cana. Inland from this place lies the metropolis Sabatha, in which the king lives. All the frankincense produced in the country is brought by camels to that place to be stored, and to Cana on rafts held up by inflated skins after the manner of the country and in boats. And this place has a trade also with the far side ports, with Berigaza and Scythia and Amana and the neighboring coast of Persia. There are imported into this place from Egypt a little wheat and wine, as at Musa, clothing in the Arabian style, plain and common, and most of it spurious, and copper and tin and coral and storax and other things such as go to Musa. And for the king usually wrought gold and silver plate, also horses, images or statuary, and thin clothing of fine quality. And there are exported from this place native produce, frankincense and aloes, and the rest of the things that enter into the trade of the other ports. The voyage to this place is best made at the same time as that to Musa, or rather earlier. Beyond Cana, the land receding greatly, there follows a very deep bay stretching a great way across, which is called Sacalites. And the frankincense country, mountainous and forbidding, wrapped in thick clouds and fog, and yielding frankincense from the trees. These incense-bearing trees are not of great height or thickness. They bear the frankincense sticking in drops on the bark, just as the trees among us in Egypt weep their gum. The frankincense is gathered by the king's slaves, and those who are sent to the service for punishment. For these places are very unhealthy and pestilential, even to those sailing along the coast but almost always fatal to those working there, who also perish often from want of food. On this bay there is a very great promontory facing the east, called Syagras, on which is a fort for the defense of the country, and a harbor and storehouse for the frankincense that is collected. And opposite this cape, well out at sea, there is an island lying between it and the Cape of Spices opposite, but near Syagras. It is called Dioscorida, and is very large but desert and marshy, having rivers in it and crocodiles and many snakes and great lizards, of which the flesh is eaten and the fat melted and used instead of olive oil. The island yields no fruit, neither vine nor grain. The inhabitants are few, and they live on the coast toward the north, 
which from this side faces the continent. They are foreigners, a mixture of Arabs and Indians and Greeks, who have emigrated to carry on trade there. The island produces the true sea tortoise, and the land tortoise, and the white tortoise, which is very numerous and preferred for its large shell. And the mountain tortoise, which is largest of all, and has the thickest shell, of which the worthless specimens cannot be cut apart on the underside, because they are even too hard. But those of value are cut apart, and the shells made whole into caskets, and small plates and cake dishes and that sort of ware. There is also produced in this island cinnabar, that called Indian, which is collected in drops from the trees. It happens that just as Ezania is subject to Carabel and the chief of Maphoritis, this island is subject to the king of the frankincense country. Trade is also carried on there by some people from Musa, and by those who chance to call there on the voyage from Damarica, which is the Malabar coast of South India, and Berigaza. They bring in rice and wheat and Indian cloth, and a few female slaves, and they take for their exchange cargoes, a great quantity of tortoise shell. Now the island is farmed out under the kings, and is garrisoned. Immediately beyond Siagruz, the Bay of Omana cuts deep into the coastline, the width of it being 600 stadia. And beyond this there are mountains, high and rocky and steep, inhabited by cave dwellers for 500 stadia more. And beyond this is a port established for receiving the sacolytic frankincense. The harbor is called Mosca, and ships from Cana call there regularly. And ships returning from Damarica and Berigaza, if the season is late, winter there, and trade with the king's officers, exchanging their cloth and wheat and sesame oil for frankincense, which lies in heaps all over the sacolytic country, open and unguarded, as if the place were under the protection of the gods. For neither openly nor by stealth can it be loaded on board ship without the king's permission. If a single grain were loaded without this, the ship could not clear from the harbor. Beyond the harbor of Mosca, for about 1,500 stadia as far as Asik, a mountain range runs along the shore, at the end of which, in a row, lie seven islands, called Zenobian. Beyond these, there is a barbarous region which is no longer of the same kingdom, but now belongs to Persia. Sailing along this coast, well out at sea for 2,000 stadia from the Zenobian Islands, there meets you an island called Serapis, about 100 stadia from the mainland. It is about 200 stadia wide and 600 long, inhabited by three settlements of fish-eaters, a villainous lot, who use the Arabian language and wear girdles of palm leaves. The island produces considerable tortoiseshell of fine quality, and small sailboats and cargo ships are sent there regularly from Cana. Sailing along the coast, which trends northward toward the entrance of the Persian Sea, there are many islands known as the Cali, about 2,000 stadia, extending along the shore. The inhabitants are a treacherous lot, very little civilized. At the upper end of these Cali islands is a range of mountains called Kalon, and there follows not far beyond 
the mouth of the Persian Gulf, where there is much diving for the pearl mussel. To the left of the straits are great mountains called Asabon, and to the right there rises in full view another round and high mountain called Semiramis. Between them, the passage across the strait is about 600 stadia, beyond which that very great and broad sea, the Persian Gulf, reaches far into the interior. At the upper end of this gulf, there is a market town designated by law, called Apologus, situated near Carax, Spazini, and the river Euphrates. Sailing through the mouth of the gulf, after a six days course, there is another market town of Persia called Omana. To both of these market towns, large vessels are regularly sent from Berigaza, loaded with copper and sandalwood, and timbers of teakwood and logs of blackwood and ebony. To Omana, frankincense is also brought from Cana, and from Omana to Arabia, boats sewed together after the fashion of the place. These are known as madrata. From each of these market towns, there are exported to Berigaza and also to Arabia many pearls, but inferior to those of India. Purple, clothing after the fashion of the place, wine, a great quantity of dates, gold, and slaves. Beyond the Omanitic region, there is a country also of the Persidae, of another kingdom, and the Bay of Gedrosia, from the middle of which a cape juts out into the bay. Here, there is a river affording an entrance for ships, with a little market town at the mouth, called Orae, and back from the place is an inland city, distant a seven days journey from the sea, in which also is the king's court. It is called probably Rambatia, although the original manuscript is somewhat unclear. This country yields much wheat, wine, rice, and dates, but along the coast there is nothing but delium. Beyond this region, the continent making a wide curve from the east, across the depths of the bays, there follows the coast district of Scythia, which lies above toward the north, the whole marshy, from which flows down the river Synthus, or the Indus River, the greatest of all the rivers that flow into the Erythrean Sea, bringing down an enormous volume of water, so that a long way out at sea, before reaching this country, the water of the ocean is fresh from it. Now, as a sign of approach to this country, to those coming from the sea, there are serpents coming forth from the depths to meet you. And a sign of the places just mentioned, and in Persia, are those called Greya. This river has seven mouths, very shallow and marshy, so that they are not navigable except the one in the middle, at which by the shore is the market town Barbaricum. Before it there lies a small island, and inland behind it is the metropolis of Scythia, Minagara. It is subject to Parthian princes who are constantly driving each other out. The ships lie at anchor at Barbaricum, but all their cargoes are carried up to the metropolis by the river to the king. There are imported into this market a great deal of thin clothing and a little spurious. Figured linens, topaz, coral, storax, frankincense, vessels of glass, silver, and gold plate, and a little wine. 
On the other hand, there are exported costus, delium, lycium, nard, turquoise, lapis lazuli, ceric skins, cotton cloth, silk, yarn, and indigo. And sailors set out thither with the Indian Etesian winds about the month of July, that is, Epiphy. It is more dangerous then, but through these winds the voyage is more direct and sooner completed. Beyond the river Synthus is another gulf, not navigable, running in toward the north. It is called Irenon. Its parts are separately the small gulf and the great. In both parts the water is shallow, with shifting sandbanks occurring continually and a great way from the shore, so that very often when the shore is not even in sight, ships run aground, and if they attempt to hold their course, they are wrecked. A promontory stands out from this gulf, curving around from Ironon toward the east, then south, then west, and enclosing the gulf called Baraka, which contains seven islands. Those who come to the entrance of this bay escape it by putting about a little and standing further out to sea, but those who are drawn inside into the gulf of Baraka are lost, for the waves are high and very violent, and the sea is tumultuous and foul, and has eddies and rushing whirlpools. The bottom is in some places abrupt, and in others rocky and sharp, so that the anchors lying there are parted, some being quickly cut off, and others chafing on the bottom. As a sign of these places to those approaching from the sea, there are serpents, very large and black, for at the other places on this coast, and around Berigaza, they are smaller, and in color, bright green, running into gold. Beyond the Gulf of Baraka is that of Berigaza, and the coast of the country of Araica, which is the beginning of the kingdom of Nambanus, and of all India. That part of it lying inland, and adjoining Scythia, is called Abiria, but the coast is called Cyrustrine. It is a fertile country, yielding wheat and rice and sesame oil and clarified butter, cotton and the Indian cloths made therefrom, of the coarser sorts. Very many cattle are pastured there, and the men are of great stature and black in color. The metropolis of this country is Minagara, from which much cotton cloth is brought down to Berigaza. In these places there remain, even to the present time, Signs of the expedition of Alexander, such as ancient shrines, walls of forts, and great wells. The sailing course along this coast, from Barbaricum to the promontory called Papica, opposite Berigaza and before Astacampra, is of 3,000 stadia. Beyond this, there is another gulf exposed to the sea waves, running up toward the north, at the mouth of which there is an island called Bavanese. At its innermost part, there is a great river called Mize. Those sailing to Baragaza pass across this gulf, which is 300 stadia in width, leaving behind to their left the island just visible from their tops toward the east, straight to the very mouth of the river Baragaza. And this river is called Namadus. This gulf is very narrow to Baragaza and very hard to navigate for those coming from the ocean. 
This is the case with both the right and left passages, but there is a better passage through the left. For on the right at the very mouth of the gulf there lies a shoal, a long and narrow, and full of rocks, called Hurani, facing the village of Kamenai. And opposite this, on the left, projects the promontory that lies before Astacampra, which is called Papica, and has had anchorage because of the strong current setting in around it, and because the anchors are cut off, the bottom being rough and rocky. And even if the entrance to the gulf is made safely, the mouth of the river at Baragaza is found with difficulty, because the shore is very low and cannot be made out until you are close upon it. And when you have found it, the passage is difficult because of the shoals at the mouth of the river. Because of this, native fishermen in the king's service, stationed at the very entrance in well-manned large boats called Trapaga and Kotimba, go up the coast as far as Sistrini, from which they pilot vessels to Berigaza. And they steer them straight from the mouth of the bay between the shoals with their crews and they tow them to fixed stations going up with the beginning of the flood, and lying through the ebb at anchorages and in basins. These basins are deeper places in the river as far as Baragaza, which lies by the river, about 300 stadia up from the mouth. Now, the whole country of India has very many rivers, and very great ebb and flow of the tides. Increasing at the new moon, and at the full moon for three days, and falling off during the intervening days of the moon. But about Berigaza it is much greater, so that the bottom is suddenly seen, and now parts of the dry land are sea, and now it is dry where ships were sailing just before. And the rivers, under the inrush of the flood tide, when the whole force of the sea is directed against them, are driven upwards more strongly against their natural current for many stadia. For this reason, entrance and departure of vessels is very dangerous to those who are inexperienced or who come to this market town for the first time. For the rush of waters at the incoming tide is irresistible, and the anchors cannot hold against it, so that large ships are caught up by the force of it, turned broadside on through the speed of the current, and so driven on the shoals and wrecked and smaller boats are overturned, and those that have been turned aside among the channels by the receding waters at the ebb are left on their sides, and if not held on an even keel by props, the flood tide comes upon them suddenly, and under the first head of the current they are filled with water. For there is so great force in the rush of the sea at the new moon, especially during the flood tide at night, that if you begin the entrance at the moment when the waters are still, on the instant there is borne to you at the mouth of the river a noise like the cries of an army heard from afar, and very soon the sea itself comes rushing in over the shoals with a hoarse roar. The country inland from Baragaza is inhabited by numerous tribes, such as the Eretai, the Arakosai, and the Gandrarai, and the people of Poklice, in which is Bucephalus Alexandria. Above these is the very warlike nation of the Bactrians, who are under their own king. And Alexander, setting out from these parts, penetrated to the Ganges, leaving aside Damarica, and the southern part of India. And to the present day, ancient drachma are current in the Baragaza, 
coming from this country bearing inscriptions in Greek letters, and the devices of those who reigned after Alexander, Apollodotus, and Menander. Inland from this place and to the east is the city called Ozini, formerly a royal capital. From this place are brought down all things needed for the welfare of the country about Berigaza, and many things for our trade. Agate and Carnelian, Indian muslins and mallow cloth, and much ordinary cloth. Through the same region and from the upper country is brought the spike nard that comes through Pokles. There are imported into this market town wine, Italian preferred, also Laodicean and Arabian. Copper, tin, and lead, coral and topaz, thin clothing, and inferior sorts of all kinds, bright-colored girdles a cubit wide, storax, sweet clover, flint glass, railgar, antimony, gold and silver coin on which there is a profit when exchanged for the money of the country, and ointment but not very costly and not much. And for the king, there are brought into those places very costly vessels of silver, singing boys, beautiful maidens for the harem, fine wines, thin clothing of the finest weaves, and the choicest ointments. There are exported from these places spikenard, costus, delium, ivory, agate, and carnelian, lycium, cotton cloth of all kinds, silk cloth, mallow cloth, yarn, long pepper, and such other things as are brought here from the various market towns. Those bound for this market town from Egypt make the voyage favorably about the month of July. Beyond Berigaza, the adjoining coast extends in a straight line from north to south, and so this region is called Dakinabades, for Dakinos, in the language of the natives, means south. The inland country back from the coast toward the east comprises many desert regions and great mountains and all kinds of wild beasts, leopards, tigers, elephants, enormous serpents, hyenas, and baboons of many sorts, and many populous nations as far as the Ganges. Among the market towns of Dakinabades, there are two of special importance, Pathana, distant about twenty days' journey south from Berigasa, beyond which, about ten days' journey east, there is another very great city, Tagara. There are brought down to Berigasa from these places by wagons and through great tracts without roads, from Pathana, Carnelian in great quantity, and from Tagara, much common cloth, all kinds of muslins and mallow cloth, and other merchandise brought there locally, from the regions along the seacoast, and the whole course to the end of Damirica is 7,000 stadia, but the distance is greater to the coast country. The market towns of this region are, in order, after Berigaza, Supera, and the city of Caliena, which in time of the elder Seraganus became a lawful market town. But since it came into the possession of the Sanderes, the port is much obstructed, and Greek ships landing there may chance to be taken to Berigaza under guard. Beyond Caliena, there are other market towns of this region. Semela, Mandagora, Pala, Patma, Meligara, Byzantium, Togarum, and Aranahoas. 
Then there are the islands called Sesescrini, and that of the Aegidi, and that of the Canatai, opposite the place called Kerosenesus. And in these places there are pirates. And after this, the white island. Then come Naura and Tindis, and the first markets of Damarica, and then Musiris and Nelkinda, which are now of leading importance. Tindis is the kingdom of Karabathra. It is a village in plain sight by the sea. Musiris, of the same kingdom, abounds in ships sent there with cargoes from Arabia and by the Greeks. It is located on a river, distant from Tindis by river and sea, 500 stadia, and up the river from the shore, 20 stadia. Nelkinda is distant from Musiris by river and sea, about 500 stadia, and is of another kingdom, the Pandian. This place is also situated on a river, about 120 stadia from the sea. There is another place at the mouth of this river, the village of Bakari, to which ships drop down on the outward voyage from Nelkinda, and anchor in the roadstead to take on their cargoes, because the river is full of shoals and the channels are not clear. The kings of both these market towns live in the interior, and as a sign to those approaching these places from the sea, there are serpents coming forth to meet you, black in color but shorter, like snakes in the head, and with blood-red eyes. They send large ships to these market towns on account of the great quantity and bulk of pepper and malabrathum. There are imported here, in the first place, a great quantity of coin, topaz, thin clothing, not much, figured linens, antimony, coral, crude glass, copper, tin, lead. Wine, not much, but as much as at Barigaza, railgar and orpiment, and wheat enough for the sailors, for this is not dealt in by the merchants there. There is exported pepper, which is produced in quantity in only one region near these markets, a district called Katanura. Beside this, there are exported great quantities of fine pearls, ivory, silk cloth, spikenard from the Ganges, Malabrathum from the places in the interior, transparent stones of all kinds, diamonds and sapphires, and tortoise shell, that from the Chrysi island, and that taken among the islands along the coast of Damirica. They make the voyage to this place in a favorable season, who set out from Egypt about the month of July. This whole voyage, as above described, from Cana and Udaman Arabia, they used to make in small vessels, sailing close around the shores of the gulfs, and Hippolus was the pilot who, by observing the location of the ports and the conditions of the sea, first discovered how to lay his course straight across the ocean. For at the same time when with us the Atesian winds are blowing, on the shores of India the wind sets in from the ocean, and the southwest wind is called Hippolus from the name of him who first discovered the passage across. From that time to the present day, ships start, some direct from Cana, and some from the Cape of Spices. And at those bound for Damerica, throw the ship's head considerably off the wind, while those bound for Berigaza and Scythia keep along shore not more than three days, and for the rest of the time 
hold the same course straight out to sea from that region, with a favorable wind, quite away from the land, and so sail outside past the aforesaid gulfs. Beyond Bakary there is the Dark Red Mountain, and another district stretching along the coast toward the south, called Peralia. The first place is called Balata, and has a fine harbor and a village by the shore. Beyond this there is another place called Cornery, at which are the Cape of Cornery, and a harbor. Hither come those men who wish to consecrate themselves for the rest of their lives, and bathe and dwell in celibacy. And women also do the same, for it is told that a goddess once dwelt here and bathed. From Comari toward the south, this region extends to Kalkai, where the pearl fisheries are. They are worked by condemned criminals. And it belongs to the Pandian kingdom. Beyond Kolkai, there follows another district called the Coast Country, which lies on a bay and has a region inland called Augaru. At this place and nowhere else are brought the pearls gathered on the coast thereabouts, and from there are exported muslins, those called Argaritic. Among the market towns of these countries and the harbors where the ships put in from Demerica and from the north, the most important are, in order as they lie, first Camera, then Podica, then Sapatma, in which there are ships of the country coasting along the shore as far as Demerica, and other very large vessels made of single logs bound together, called Sangara. But those which make the voyage to Chrysi and to the Ganges are called Kalandia, and are very large. There are imported into these places everything made in Damirica, and the greatest part of what is brought at any time from Egypt comes here, together with most kinds of all the things that are brought from Damirica and of those that are carried through Perelia. About the following region, the course trending toward the east, lying out at sea toward the west, is the island called Palaisimundu, called by the ancients Taprobeni. The northern part is a day's journey distant, and the southern part trends gradually towards the west, and almost touches the opposite shore of Azania. It produces pearls, transparent stones, muslins, and tortoise shell. About these places is the region of Massalia, stretching a great way along the coast before the inland country. A great quantity of muslins is made there. Beyond this region, sailing toward the east and crossing the adjacent bay, there is the region of Doserini, yielding the ivory known as Doserenic. Beyond this, the course trending toward the north, there are many barbarous tribes, among whom are the Sirhedai a race of men with flattened noses, very savage. Another tribe, the Baragasi, and the Horse Faces and the Long Faces, who are said to be cannibals. After these, the course turns toward the east again, and sailing with the ocean to the right, and the shore remaining beyond to the left, Ganges comes into view, and near it the very last land toward the east, Chrysi, there is a river near it called the Ganges, and it rises and falls in the same way as the Nile. On its bank is a market town which has the same name as the river, Ganges. Through this place are brought Malabrathum 
and Gangetic spikenard and pearls, and muslins of the finest sort, which are called Gangetic. It is said that there are gold mines near these places, and there is a gold coin which is called Kaltis. And just opposite this river there is an island in the ocean, the last part of the inhabited world toward the east, under the rising sun itself. It is called Chrysi, and it has the best tortoise shell of all the places on the Erythrean Sea. After this region, under the very north, the sea outside ending in a land called Thys. There is a very great inland city called Thinai, or China, from which raw silk and silk yarn and silk cloth are brought on foot through Bactria to Berigasa, and are also exported to Damarica by way of the river Ganges. But the land of Thys is not easy of access. Very few men come from there, and seldom. The country lies under the Lesser Bear, or the constellation Ursa Minor, and is said to border on the farthest parts of Pontus and the Caspian Sea, next to which lies Lake Myotis, all of which empty into the ocean. Every year on the borders of the land of Thys, there comes together a tribe of men with short bodies and broad flat faces, and by nature peaceable. They are called Besita, and are almost entirely uncivilized. They come with their wives and children, carrying great packs and plated baskets of what looks like green grape leaves. They meet in a place between their own country and the land of Thys. There they hold a feast for several days, spreading out the baskets under themselves as mats, and then return to their own places in the interior. And then the natives watching them come into that place and gather up their mats, and they pick out from the braids the fibers which they call petri. They lay the leaves closely together in several layers and make them into balls, which they pierce with the fibers from the mats. And there are three sorts. Those made of the largest leaves are called the large ball, malabrithum. Those of the smaller, the medium ball, and those of the smallest, the small ball. Thus there exist three sorts of malabrithum, and it is brought into India by those who prepare it. The regions beyond these places are either difficult of access because of their excessive winters and great cold, or else cannot be sought out because of some divine influence of the gods. And that brings us to the end of the Periplus of the Erythrean Sea. Again, I hope that my slaughtering of the pronunciations doesn't detract from it too much, but it really does give us a good sense of the region and especially how the Greeks and the Egyptians viewed the lands to their east in the first century BCE. Thanks once again for tuning in to the Maritime History Podcast, and I look forward to seeing you next time.